0: Well, hello everyone. We're continuing with our Violand Executive Summit podcast series on the Blue Collar Nation podcast. And today we have Shauna Parsons of Violin Management Associates followed up with the amazing Marcy Richardson of Guaranteed Restoration and who's also on the board of RIA. So you will get some great information from these interviews. Sit back and enjoy.
1: Welcome to the Blue Collar Nation podcast, the podcast dedicated to making the lives of home service professionals better. Now join Eric and Larry to talk about all things home service.
0: Well, hello, everybody. We're here at the Violand Executive Summit. I have to look at that every single time. Every single time. (laughs) Every single (laughs) single time. And we're sitting here with Shauna Parsons. How are you today, Shauna?
1: I am fantastic. That is
0: wonderful. <laughs> and we're here with Mr. Sprague, too. Isn't that nice? I'm feeling feisty today. Yeah, I know. It's kind of scaring <laughs> me. Irritating <laughs> me, too. Yeah. But that's okay. But well, we have an amazing guest. I say guest. We have so many people sit down at the table. This is really neat. Yeah, that's nice. Having a good time. And you are with Violand for... I hey, hear you're the newbie.
1: I'm the noob, yes. F. And we just had
2: she, Tara on. She said, I am no longer the newbie. Yes.
1: I have that title now. So
2: how, how newbie are we? Two months.
1: Oh, cool. Good for you. That's, That's great. great. I'm sure you're enjoying your time here. Oh, I love it. Everyone so, is absolutely wonderful.
2: It's a great organization. It is. Yeah. So, Shauna, how how did you end up getting here? Why don't you like, tell us your background and... All that good stuff.
1: Okay, well, um, I was born to a concrete guy. He poured concrete. He poured basements, okay. and he had daughters and not sons. And it didn't matter that we are daughters; we still say, learned so you how to pour, pour concrete. Too. Yep, we learned how to pour concrete at a very young age, carrying forms. And Absolutely, I saw the bump in my shoulder from carrying the forms <laughs> and panel burn right there.
0: <laughs> you know, we can relate.
2: I might have done a little of that on my, myself <laughs> when I was young.
0: You made your daughters carry concrete? No,
2: I had some concrete work when I was a kid.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I did roofing. That was my... Yeah, that was horrible. But Okay, anyway, I'm sorry. Continue.
1: <laughs> so when my father decided to retire, which he's terrible at, by the way, um, I took over the company. So I took that concrete construction company where we built residential basements, and I added to it basement waterproofing, cross encapsulation, and foundation repair oh, so we cool. could lift basements and straighten walls. Yeah. And then... Um, In 2016, I sold that business. Nice. And ever since then, I have been going around and I've been helping businesses just like that. Right. So, my style of of ownership, of leadership in my company was very much to build my management team Mm -hmm. and to train and empower people. And so, um, that went naturally into consulting and coaching after.
2: So, let me… Let's dig into your your family dynamic when it comes to the business. So did you run the business differently than your father?
1: Oh, absolutely. Okay. In fact, my father would say, you're going to learn a lot from me. You're going to learn what not to do.
2: Well, no, that's where I was going to go, right? So a lot of people who start a business from scratch, they have that entrepreneurial spirit. They're good at startup mode, and then they get stuck in startup mode, even if they get big. Mm -hmm. They think like startup mode. Mm Mm-hmm. Was that your dad?
1: Yeah, he was. It was him and his helpers. He's a it technician. Was, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And before, prior to me taking over his company, I was in automotive manufacturing. In quality, so I was all about systems and processes, and so I was able to apply what I learned in automotive quality that way, not to the extent that you know automotive takes it, yeah. but like pare it down to like you know keep it simple. Yeah, systems. And systems. He wasn't aware of systems. He right? wasn't aware of systems. It was just his way and his hit and all in it all in his all head. In it's his all head. up here, right? So, um, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> Somebody's pointing a finger at
0: me. <laughs> hey now. I'm aware that we need systems. Yeah. Thank you.
2: That's I'm, why was... I'm, I'm, I'm guilty too. Yeah, exactly.
1: So that's how I was able to. I was able to scale the business far beyond he how, what he yeah. did. What he was even interested in doing. So right. now he's. You know, he was still aware and 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 around and very much our company mascot kind of thing. Yeah. And everybody, all the all the guy loved him. All the guys loved to work with and loved him when he came sure. on site. And. Um, so yeah, he's very loved. He's still very loved, and you know.
2: Yeah. Was he meddling with you though? It, like.
1: Oh yeah, much to, to the entertainment of my employees, though. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, Because they, they, they. I'm assuming bought into systems process. Absolutely. Quality. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. So,
0: so he was the only one resisting that.
1: Well, he or didn't did really he have a choice because by that time it was my company. But he, yeah. he, actually, no, he was very proud, very appreciative. He, yeah. he sees that what we, what oh, I good. built, what you know, he loves yeah. it. Look, well, well,
2: most parents—I should—I was going to say all, but n- most parents want to see their kids improve on whatever they did. That's human nature. So. I
0: think so. No, no, I agree totally. And if he wasn't resisting, that's a big deal because mm-hmm. we hear so many stories where. It's like a battle between the parent and the child, and but it sounds like it, that wasn't the case here. So, you were highly influential on your dad. That's a big deal. Something to be proud of.
1: I don't know if he ever listened to me though, but <laughs> no, he's not. Think he still doesn't listen. Yeah, yeah. He just
2: said, Oh, that's cool, not for me, yeah, but that's no. cool." Um, so, okay, so you're kind of going around and helping people. Then, how did you end up with Violand?
1: Oh, I just I don't know. We, our our paths crossed and. And I looked into the company, and I thought, wow, they're they're doing, you know, the way they operate, the way they think about things, the way they want to work with people, um, the way they love and have passion about what they do, and just genuinely love to help people. Not just the businesses, people. It, it fit with me. It fit with how I operate.
0: Yeah, well, that's what's going on right now here at the uh, Kent State University, because they're teaching people just skills business skills the things that you guys don't or they can improve on the, these professors a different perspective than you do and it's all about teaching and learning and giving which as you're saying is the huge value that's presented here. Mm-hmm.
2: okay so i'm gonna dig into your profession a little bit because i'm interested in this and larry and i have had a ton of coaching because mm-hmm. we need it totally a- and I still do still do yeah <laughs> and still always need a coach but um what do you th- ask her the same question? What What do you think is the trait that most entrepreneurs have that gets in their way the most? That 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 makes them stall.
1: Wanting to be the center of everything, have their hands in everything, yeah. make every decision. Yeah, and it's so funny <clears throat> to me because I feel like once we can get beyond that, and once we can. Um, stop doing that what we end up doing is we end up taking our team of people our managers our key people and we actually do them a favor we actually um, teach them and grow them and empower them and build them up and in the process that means they can take over and they can do more and of course along the way we teach them the way we want to do it right and, and the parameters but like I feel like as a business owner as we keep trying to hold on to all the power and make all the decisions, we actually stifle those that we want to grow. And you can't scale. You can't scale.
2: I mean, you can get to, I mean, it depends on the industry, like a million bucks yeah, bucks-ish, and then you're stuck.
1: You are your own roadblock, your own yeah. worst enemy when you do that.
2: But, you know, it's interesting. Sorry, Larry, I cut you off. Um,
1: Notice he didn't stop, though.
2: No, 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 <laughs> no, no I'm not going to no. stop. No, why would he? <laughs> Shauna, let's just get straight. This is all about me. No, I'm just
0: kidding.
1: No. Yeah, he's no. kidding really. He's killing Oh my
0: gosh, he's killing, he's not kidding.
2: No, no. What I was gonna say though is that, you know, the like that early entrepreneur who is willing to take all the risk and, and start from nothing and in the garage and all that stuff. It's really a huge changeover as they now all of a sudden have to become leaders, grow a culture. Start becoming a trainer and a teacher and a mentor opposed to just do what I say like that's not an easy chasm no, to cross yeah totally. it is not and, and do they is, even have the qualities to do those things
1: sometimes it's not the same person and it's about the growth of the leader so that person that was at the beginning that had to dig in and work all those hours and do everything themselves um, they do have to transition into someone else to for the business to be something else as long as they are that as long as they are that technician that started out that's what their business is going to be because the business is a reflection of the owner so they have to change if you want to change your business you first you have to change as the leader
2: amen no that's true this i mean larry and i had to change so much about ourselves to, to continue to grow because we were those garage guys, I mean, very much so.
0: And we didn't know what we didn't know. Yeah. That's where the coaching comes in to yeah. guide you along the way when you have no... I mean, you think you might think you know when you're doing something. You're like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? Can I help you out here before you, you're a nu- 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 nuisance to yourself?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, I, mean I think the, the saving grace, like, you know, look, a lot of people, they don't come to coaching until there's enough pain, you know, mm-hmm. and... For us, we, we didn't really do it that way. I mean, yeah, there was pain. Any business is starting out as pain, but I mean, we grew up playing sports and in sports, you always have a coach who knows more about that sport than you do. So we took that mentality of like right away, we need to find somebody who can guide us who's been down this road. Because if we can't model after somebody who's done it, then we're just going to waste way more time, money, energy than if whatever investment we had in the coaching to begin with. And we didn't do a lot of things right, but we did do that (laughs) correctly. Well, I feel like
1: if you don't have a coach, a mentor, a consultant, an accountability buddy, whatever you want to call it, then you get to make all of the mistakes. Congratulations, you get to make all of the mistakes. But if you have someone in your corner like that, even even in the beginning, even when you're when you're young, you get to learn from their mistakes, and, and you don't have to make every mistake. Yeah. You get to learn from others. No, that's the idea. But
0: the wonderful thing is I only made 50% of the mistakes, so it
1: was kind of it was okay that way. So you're running the numbers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, he's, he's,
2: trust me, he's running the numbers. <laughs> I'm surprised you said only 50. I thought you'd give me way more well, than that. No,
0: but you definitely did 50% of them, so I'm giving you all. Uh, okay, all
2: right. I'll take 50. Yeah, no, but what so you're bad.
0: saying, Sean, is when you learn things, actually, it was good with a business partner. We would learn things from each other before and save each other from mm-hmm. the mistakes, which I don't know how people do it without a, part, a business partner, so it makes a big difference. Yeah. Um, but seeing what others people are doing and learning from it is a big deal, because save you all that time and effort and money and energy and yeah crying and tears
2: and I, I remember we've heard this many sleep. times over so there's people say you spend how much on coaching or eat you or you you travel here four times a year or whatever and we're like that's the cheapest investment of all time are you insane like we could lose that in a weekend. <laughs>
1: Well, and <laughs> you know? the money you save from not making all of those mistakes, because we talk point. about the mistakes, but they're expensive. Oh. All of those mistakes are expensive. And so this is almost like, you know, a little insurance yeah. policy against some of those mistakes so that you don't have to pay for them. Yeah. In, in, a, in, a, in an event like this, remember, you're not just learning from the coaches, you're learning from each other. So when anytime you can get together in an event like this with other people, like-minded, yep. you know, they're just similar businesses to you, you learn so much. And maybe can prevent some mistakes.
2: (laughs) We have a friend that always says, you know, nobody ever has time or money for for training, but they always somehow have time and money to go fix the problem. (laughs) You know, and it's like, well, which were you going to do? Let's just not have the problem and spend the money on training.
0: So what's your superpower, Shawna? What do you focus on? What is your strong skill set that you bring to your clients?
1: Well, because I was a business owner that grew a business from a very almost like startup, all the way to, you know, 6 million or whatever it was around there when I sold it Um, and grew that management team and empowered them. I feel like I did really well with that transition we just talked about. It was painful and I made some mistakes, but ultimately I did really well with it. So I feel like that's my superpower is helping business owners with that transition of mindset between technician that is just way too busy and wearing too many hats to Leader yeah. of an organization that runs well um, with a great team.
2: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: There you go. Well, what
2: thank you. Welcome, welcome to the Violin family. I mean, we're not really in it, but we're no, we're around. She's
0: been around for a while, <laughs> so you're way off base there. It was a pleasure talking to you.
1: Thank you so much <laughs> for letting me do this. Thank you. Yeah. Well,
2: on you on behalf of all the Violin people, I just <laughs> yeah. thought I'd welcome you. <laughs> <laughs> and now, a quick message from our title sponsor, SuperTech University.
1: Did you know 85% of financial success comes from soft skills abilities and only 15% from our technical abilities? SuperTechU was created by longtime restoration pros Eric Sprague and Larry Wilberton. Their daily three to five minute videos train your entire company on the soft skills they need to make your business thrive. Plus, your entire team earns IICRC CEC credits, all for about the cost of one tank of gas.
2: To get more information about SuperTech University and receive a special six lesson e-course on in-home sales, go to supertechu.com backslash podcast offer. Again, get your free in-home sales training at supertechu.com backslash podcast offer. All right. Marcy, welcome to the Blue Collar Nation podcast. How are you?
3: I'm good. How are you doing, Eric? Good.
2: Uh, for the listeners, we're doing a Violent Executive Summit uh, kind of summary and talking about restoration industry and what we're learning this week. So for the listeners, why don't you introduce yourself and talk about maybe a little about the RIA and talk about your career.
3: Uh, I'm Marcy Richardson. I'm the director of HR and safety at Guarantee Restoration Services out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, I am a member of the RIA Board of Directors. I have, this is my second year, and I okay. absolutely, it's fantastic. Um, you know, my career, I've been in HR for right about 20 years. Okay. It's going in now, uh, I've been in with Guarantee about five and a half years, and okay. restoration is where I'm supposed to be. It's supposed to I'm be? Supposed to be here,
2: Eric. So what what were you doing? Were you in other trades before restoration?
3: Yeah. So I did, um, uh, I worked for an uh, HVAC company. We did new construction and service before that. Okay. And I worked for an offshore company, Marine Cargo Surveying Company. So I've always done a blue collar sure. type of thing. Okay. I know how to speak to y'all.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Usually that word starts with an F, but... <laughs> It (laughs) may. Yeah. So um, what do you think the differences are then in HR with blue collar versus, because our world is very different. Yeah. And it's evolving. Mm -hmm. Like we're having, Larry and I learned that in our own restoration company because we always said that we came up through where they'd like throw a pipe wrench at your head, tell you how stupid you are for like five years and then you were in. Right. And then we were behaving that way because it's all we knew Mm -hmm. and we're like a revolving door until we figured out like, hey, this is not how it works anymore. Right. So how do people navigate that? Especially somewhat older owners like myself.
3: Well, you know, I mean, there's definitely an evolution, right? We're getting into new generations and the way that we, even myself, of like just throw you in and you have it to learn it and, you know, and get talked is not the same way. And when you look at the difference for blue collar, I've never worked a white collar. So right. what I can say is that Everything is not—it's a little more relaxed. You're a little you—you you get a little have a more freedom, uh, but as we evolve with the younger generations coming up, it is looking different, right? That landscape is how do we navigate the older, you know, our older owners and older workforce to where we are in the newer workforce and the yes. younger workforce, and it, it's not much different because when you really peel back now, yeah, no one's throwing a wrench at your head, right? They're, that's not going to happen. But at the end of the day, no matter where you fall in that generation, they want to know that you care about them. Yeah, You know, you want to say that they have value, that they're bringing value to you. And however that's shown, it's going to, it, it, it doesn't matter how old they are. They just want to feel that, that they're actually giving, that their employer gives a crap about them.
2: Totally. Yeah. is everything. Absolutely. And I, I think so many, look, I had to learn that personally because i'm kind of a numbers person so i like didn't get it at first it took me pain to, to change and then but once i started to change and larry too then all of a sudden we took such great pride in building a good culture because we saw immediately not only the benefits but it was very rewarding for us to grow team members and watch them start families and buy homes and move up to project managers and business development reps and whatever. And I just think people who aren't doing that are missing out on a huge part of their own career.
3: Absolutely. You know, the one thing that I've said all the time is there's a question we always ask every day. Hey, how are you doing? And we say that just on it as a greeting. But nobody stops and actually cares what that answer is. And a lot of our employees, they just want somebody to listen and for 30 seconds to get it off. And so when you're talking about, you know, the seeing the care and the growth of an employee, well, what are you giving them? Right? Are you investing a little bit? When they say, when you ask, how are you doing, care what that is? Because that's given into that employee experience. And as you know, as your your own company is in different things, when you have a great employee experience and when it starts before day one. What's going to happen in that customer experience? Oh. It's going to, you're going to get tenfold, right? Return totally. back to you. And so it's just investing a little bit of your time into that employee and seeing that value back.
2: I uh, I learned later on one of the ways that I could do that myself because I wasn't in the field anymore. A lot of the younger guys didn't even know I was ever in the field, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I was like, how can I keep the culture? How can I make sure they're okay? So Every day that I was in the office at like four, I'd start wandering out to the warehouse and help them unload their van, help them take out the trash. And meanwhile, saying, how did it go today? It let Sometimes it was just letting them vent about a difficult mm-hmm. customer or just saying traffic was terrible and it really irritated me. Right. And the more I did that, the more they bought in.
3: Absolutely. Because
2: they're like, Oh, you know, Eric and Larry actually care about me. Right. As a person.
3: Yeah. It's a simple connections. I mean, you're you're developing relationships. And what is the, the, the basic of a developing relationship? Getting to know somebody, asking those questions, asking, hey, that you care. And you 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 don't you stop talking about yourself and you let them talk about themselves and yeah. building up. Yeah.
2: So you said that you found your place.
3: I found my place.
2: W- why? What, how is this different than HVAC? Oh, or or anything else for that matter.
3: Because we're actually connected to people. So whatever you know, if you're working in residential, commercial, if you're doing cat, you're still connected to a person. And the what we the work that we do in restoration is affecting somebody tomorrow. They're affecting today. And so for me, I want to know that whether I'm training somebody, hiring somebody, that I am thinking through that tomorrow they can be shoveling sewage out of somebody's house and how are they approaching that person. And so it's a, it's a, it's a powerful thing. And I take with great responsibility that the person that I'm hiring and training and developing and teaching and coaching is going to talk to that customer that I'm going through. And they could be the the person that says, you know what? I got this. Don't worry. We're, I'm going to make it better. So no matter what role somebody plays in restoration, it's always going to affect negatively or positively another person. And yeah. so you want to know that your job has value and you have a heart that's going after that.
2: Yeah. And I think our industry it lends itself to people who really want a sense of purpose mm-hmm. more because like taking nothing against HVAC, we have many HVAC clients, right, right. but you know, there's a difference between, oh, I'm hot and my whole house was on fire last night and I just lost every photograph and right. everything else. Right. It's not the same.
3: No, you know, and that's what I tell. I've, I've used the example at orientation of um, people's furnishings. You know, they lost something on a fire. We have no idea how many memories were put into something. You know, we talk about photographs cause that makes more sense. But I was like growing up, I had to sit at the kid's table in my grandmother's house. It was this old rickety beat up table that I thought was nothing. But I look at that now and I wish that I could still have that table and it may be crap to somebody else, but it had built in memories. And that's what I like to think about, Right. you know, when we're going to that loss is that they've just devastated, but how many memories were built in the things that they've lost?
2: Yeah. No, that's awesome point. Hey, I have a big announcement to make today about uh, our company, Supertech University. We have started an affiliate program. And we've started an affiliate program that may, may be a little different than the affiliate programs that you've heard about or seen in the past. And we, I don't even like the word affiliate, right? I, I like the word partner. And we really want partners. We we're not a transaction based type of company. We're a relationship company. Uh, both Larry and I are wired that way. So we want partners. And, and to prove that point, We are doing a 50% revenue split on every sale, right? So uh, somebody joins SuperTech University, our affiliate would get half the revenue. They're sharing it with us. So it's in our best interest to make sure that the product's good. And then that person stays for a long time because they're going to get 50% every single month, not just for a month or two, you know, we're, we're in it for the long haul together. So, if you are interested in possibly becoming an affiliate with Super Tech University, please reach out to me via email. That's eric, E-R-I-C, at supertechu.com. That's E-R-I-C at S-U-P-E-R-T-E-C-H, the letter U, dot com. All right, I know you're you're busy, so I don't want to take all day, but... Uh, what do you think most contractors get wrong when it comes to HR? What are they doing poorly or or what is the greatest risk to them and what could they improve?
3: Oh, that that's a good one. Um, the, the biggest thing, the thing that they get wrong is thinking that everybody's the same. That everybody, you know, the strengths and weaknesses, we're hiring for one and it's You want people to do that, but you have to realize that it's the individual. You know, we're hiring a person to come do a job and to look at what their strengths and weaknesses are and and seeing how, number one, how can they fit in my team and not necessarily how are they fitting in the job. And we have to make sure that that's what they're doing because a lot of times, especially when we're because labor is so short, we're just hiring. We're just hiring and hiring and we're and just creating. Anybody
2: that can fog a mirror.
3: That's right. Can we, How can we get them in the door and we're just putting, you know, throw them in a van and just go. That's not what we want. We want to hire for the culture. We want to hire the fit. But remember that they're individuals here and play on their strengths, you yeah. know, and, and and their weaknesses are going to be there. I mean, how you and I have weaknesses, right? And you have so I'm nothing much, but weaknesses. Right? So, I mean, we're not perfect, but that's what we, you don't want to use it. Don't highlight those weaknesses. Or and, and put a spotlight and thinking, Oh, you, you can't do it because of this. No, use look at our strengths and make sure that we're we're talking to that individual, but it goes right back around to the generational of where we are and where we're going.
2: Yeah. So So do you see last question, right, follow up good. to that. Do you see differences between owners and managers that are of different generations? Yes. Me too. Yes. <laughs> And uh, what are you seeing? And I'll I'll compare and contrast with my coaching clients.
3: (laughs) So, uh, so just it's, it's the older owners versus younger managers, right? right? That's what you're saying. Um, The younger managers have a little more, um, they need a little more explanation. They want a little, they have a little more, um, they need to understand the whys a little more and the older owners and different things. This is just what I said. Just do it, get it done, yeah. and move on. Yeah. So
2: Yeah, and you know what we what we learned, I'll use Larry and I as an example. What we learned was the more info we could give them within reason. Right. And the more we always attached it to why, the better they would engage yes. younger employees. Because yeah. our entire building ten years ago it was it was me, Larry, and millennials. Mm-hmm. Right. And It took us learning about what they value and then adapting to that to get them to really buy in to what we were doing
3: yeah. they have to buy in they have to know what they 're doing is makes sense to them and it 's bringing value and they if, if they don 't feel any of that they 're not buying in they 're just shut off. Right. I mean, they're a like society or like generation, right? On Instagram, if they don't get my daughter told me at one point, if she didn't get 10 likes on a picture, she was deleting it. It wasn't worth keeping up. And I was like, this is ridiculous, you know? And so that's what that was
2: her currency.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's how it, that's how they look at with the jobs of, hey, what is this bringing me value? Do I, am I bought in? If not, nope. Yeah. Swipe right. I'm moving on. Yeah.
2: I used to have to teach the team how to quit. Right. I mean, that sounds counterintuitive. And the funny thing is, if you teach, at least my experience, if you teach them how to quit, they don't quit Mm
0: -hmm. because
2: you're selling them. It's Right. because I was getting, you know, like either ghosted, just Tim, Tim doesn't come anymore. Right. Or or the 5 a.m., the dreaded 5 a.m. text. I don't. uh, Hey, thanks for the opportunity. I don't work here any longer. Right. So I would start doing morning in our team huddles like, hey. It's cool if you don't want... Most of us are probably not going to work here forever. It's mm-hmm. it's all right. right? But maybe you guys haven't learned yet the proper way to quit. So I'm going to explain that. And you know what? As soon as I did that, and I kind of did it every three months, I'd be like, hey, just a reminder, this is how we quit if we quit. I stopped getting the 5 a.m. text. I stopped getting ghosted. And they'd give me two weeks.
3: I love that, actually. Yeah. let do that.
2: Yeah, it, it worked, too. Because I would just say, like... I would frame it this way. Like, do you like the people that you work with? Yeah. Okay. Do you think if you don't show up without telling anybody, but we already have the day planned, that that hurts the people that you actually like? Yes. Okay. So would you, would you knowingly hurt them? No. Right. Okay. Well, 5 a.m. text that I'm not working here anymore doesn't fulfill that mission. You know, absolutely. And we would just go like, "Hey, you know, I don't know if you know, but like somebody's going to call me (laughs) eventually about did you work here?" And you know, um, if you do an awesome job, I'm going to tell you you're amazing. Right. And if you ghost me, I'm going to say that person worked here from this day to this day, and that's code for right. That's all I have to say about that person. And. All it took was me teaching them how to do that, and they stopped doing it.
3: I love that. That's a fantastic.
2: I didn't know what else to do, Marcy. I was desperate. I'm I... like, I can't take any more 5 a.m. texts.
3: Right. <laughs> you know? Right.
2: And, and, you know, we even call, I called a few people that did that to me after younger yeah. and uh, early 20s. And I was like, hey, you know, like you were here for two years. hmm You know, why'd you do that? And they'd be like, well, uh, you know, I found another job. I'm like, okay, but like, what about me? You know, and like, they just didn't see it. Like they didn't, like, they didn't know. Nobody had ever told them how to quit.
3: It'd be interesting what your retention rate was after you started teaching how to quit.
2: I was, I I didn't track that, but it was way better. Right. It was way better.
3: Interesting. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I learned that everything that I told them that most people would probably tell me not to tell them worked better. I mean, I don't know. What What do you guys do at Guarantee? I mean, how do you cope with that?
3: Yeah, you know what? I, I don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I still get them. I, I've, I got a from somebody that was on my team uh, a few months ago. She sent me that morning. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. It's super painful, too. Absolutely. You
2: exactly. pour in and you pour in. I mean, and and it, it, I, I, th- I learned to not take it as personally because... Right. I started learning that they don't know how to quit. Like, we grew up with parents that said, if you're going to quit a job, you're given two weeks. Mm-hmm. You're going to give a letter of resignation. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to tell them it was awesome and that you found, you know, we're going to do, like, I have to do that with my own kids. Yeah. I mean, I've had a daughter. I've had a couple. I have a couple mm-hmm. daughters. And they're like, yeah, I don't really want this job anymore. And I'm like, okay, you got to give two weeks and, right. and they're like, I'm just going to let them know. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to let them know that you're going to work there for two more weeks. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then I had to explain the same thing to my kids. Like, this is how you quit a job. My parents taught me that. Right. I'm going to bless you with the the, the, the way to quit. So, okay. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Really appreciate thank it. you, Eric. Thank you.
1: All right. Thank you for listening to the Blue Colour Nation Podcast. For more information about Eric and Larry and Supertech University, please visit us at supertechu.com. That is supertechu the letter U, dot com.